0: It's a gritty drama about the seedy underbelly of the 1970s roller derby circuit that was nominated for two Golden Globes, Best Supporting Actress, and Best Performance of a Scarecrow Fright Wigged propped atop an obvious woman's head. We watched Kansas City Bomber, which means it's time for another episode of Portland at the Movies.
1: In a world, in a year, in a time, in a city, in a war. That isn't his. Every day in New York City on the Miami Police Force in the Deep South in Portland, Oregon. Ain't no pig. Ain't no pig. Ain't no pig. I don't love you no more.
0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Portland at the Movies. I am one of your hosts, Todd Workhoven, and with me, as always, is the Mark of the Mark and Todd cast. How are you? I'm really well. Good. And also joining us is Portland's best celebrity, Brian Kidd, the Unipiper. How are you, Brian? Two years in a row. Two years in a row.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I'm doing extremely well. Uh, Just... For the past what several hours we have just soaked ourselves in this movie. We
0: have we are living the Kansas City bomber dream. We just had uh, we just stopped by the Kenton Club uh, in the uh, in North Portland and we uh, had a drink there at the bar that they used uh, in this very movie and they had uh, posters on the wall uh, of this movie from different countries we realized when we had a closer look. but we were yes, as you said, we were just soaking, soaking in the authenticity that this movie. That this movie we're really
2: bringing the uh, tourism dollars to uh the, the uh, we're, we're doing <laughs> the, the Kansas City Bomber circuit
1: to the
0: Kenton neighborhood <laughs> to the Kenton yeah. neighborhood, which we were discussing when we were having dinner there. Um, uh, I wasn't really familiar with where Kenton was. I'm not really good with the names of different areas. I'm more familiar with the landmarks of them. And um After I got there I was like Oh this is where The dancing bear is So everyone knows The north The northeast Portland area That the dancing bear is in Uh, That is the Kenton area So that's where We just came from Because that played uh, Quite a role In this movie uh, Called Kansas City Bomber uh, Which is a 1972 movie Starring Raquel Welch That was filmed Almost entirely here In Portland So uh, Brian Why don't you tell us What this movie is about
2: Thanks Todd (laughs) Kansas City so natural. <laughs> well, Kansas City Bomber is a uh, biopic, b- biopic? Biopic. I've never Bi- known how to say that. That's a biopic. Biopic. Uh, about the uh, American uh, domestic terrorist uh, Timothy McVeigh and uh, the bombing of the Alfred P. Murrah Federal Building in Oklahoma City on April 19th, 1995? Yes. Uh- <laughs> Kansas City bomber wait Kansas city did, bomber did I did I
0: watch the wrong movie? That was yes that was the wrong that was the wrong movie although as we found out the director of uh, the Kansas City bomber, which is the movie that we did watch <laughs> uh, made a uh, a biopic in the uh, early or the mid 90s about OJ Simpson so that's that's
2: close ish. I guess I guess he and that was that 1995 uh, uh, OJ pick was such a hit that uh, he removed his name from the that movie and it was directed by Alan Smithy.
0: Alan Smithy, good old Alan Smithy. So yeah, but this movie he kept his name. He stands by this movie, which. I had never heard of Um, there's a couple people that are like, oh, yeah, I think I've heard of that. Actually, we have a friend, Heidi, who was like, that's why there's those posters at the Kenton Club, uh, because that's where they film this. So this is kind of a a new thing for me. And it is my first, I think, uh, um, entrance into the into the uh, Raquel Welch. Uh, filmography so that was kind of interesting too.
2: I don't think it gets much better than this from what I understand. I don't
0: think so and (laughs) this was not very good so (laughs) Hmm. but very pretty to look at. She was I, I, I was talking about it earlier how the '70s, like Farrah Fawcett's aesthetic, never really did anything for me. It just the, all the '70s is just so gross. Like everything about everything in the '70s is just filthy. But she looked so, uh, there was she, so much,
1: so much hair in the '70s. I know it's it was all just...
0: feathered and unkempt, and but uh, her hair looked quite good, and and she looked quite good in this in this movie. So she was. Um, this was supposed to be a big break for her. She was coming off uh, being like the hottest. Pin-up model in the world for being in a movie called 1 million BC and she was the poster girl for that um, And was like the pre Farrah Fawcett in that terms as far as posters and stuff
2: This was supposed to be her breakout role um, it, for serious acting. Yeah, and, and not just a sex bombshell um, and uh, the, the she, she was even uh, well if we're getting ahead of ourselves, but maybe we want to give people an overview of what actually is going on here Yeah, yeah so yeah. that as we talk about things people can have a frame of reference uh, so Raquel Welch stars as Casey Carr, um, who is an up-and-coming roller derby star in Kansas City. Uh, where... Do you think she
0: was called Casey because she was from Kansas City, or was that just a I was wondering that lazy too. writing? Of course, no, of course she was. I didn't really put that together until just now. <laughs> really. <laughs> Well, because I couldn't understand a word anyone said in this movie because the sound was so terrible. So oh. I never really knew what they were calling her.
2: Obviously, it is it's true because uh, don't they call her Diane? Is that her real name? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah,
1: exactly.
2: Anyway, she uh, is, is the roller derby star in Kansas City um, where she is in the middle of a, a, a match and she gets into a fight uh, with one of her own teammates. Uh, Big and Bertha. Big Bertha. And uh, that the two of them decide that Kansas City is not big enough for the both of them. How do they,
0: how do they come to that
1: conclusion?
2: Uh,
0: I, I think by shouting, Kansas City isn't big enough for the both of us <laughs> at each other.
1: Yes. And how many times, like, how f- they bring out the rule book and... <laughs> and, and oh, yes. That and, was
0: my... F- Favorite part where they it whipped out right the there. rule? It's
1: bit, well, you made an oral
0: agreement on the rule book. Page it says here, yeah, class one, yeah,
2: page uh, rule eighty-five
0: says that you can do this. They were trash. Yeah, they were trash talking each other like uh, like the pre-WWE match. And uh, that was a, that constituted a verbal agreement, and then the loser, the loser of their little race, had to leave Kansas
2: City forever, forever, forever. forever. There's nothing anyone
0: can do because it was in the rule book.
2: <laughs> so if, if if you were forced to leave Kansas City, what do you do? You move to Portland. You do. <laughs> we're getting all of those. Go home, all of you Kansas City transplants. <laughs> no vacancy in Portland. Um, so uh casey raquel loses the match uh and she is forced to leave kansas city so i guess she gets traded she comes to portland uh and she has to start her life over um she has to make friends she has to make new relationships um and uh she gets involved romantically with the owner of the team in portland um and and uh, she goes on many exciting adventures with her team in Portland, like uh, going to the Kenton Club and getting drunk. Yes, and uh, getting drunk and walking on train tracks uh-huh. uh, and going on bus rides. Yes, um, and, lots of and, bus riding montages and, and, and going out to uh, dinner and having long walks on Hayden Island. Um, but uh, eventually, the jealous uh, team owner trades away her very best friend. Uh, and, and uh, he rigs a match in Portland uh, that she is supposed to lose so that the team owner and, and raquel Welsh um, can go move away and start a new team in Chicago um, but uh, raquel is uh, quick to his uh, what he is up to and she decides to not throw the match and, and win and so she gets to stay in Portland and uh, we assume that the the, the evil, Team owner has to go to Chicago. Is that what
0: happened in this movie? I, I didn't really catch some of that, but I guess you're right. It all happens very quick. It does. Both nothing and everything seems to happen in this movie.
2: So, so th- what I said was more plot than the movie actually gives. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. okay. And, and that now and I'm that, that happens over an hour and forty minutes. What I just said, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, interspersed with uh, action shots of of lots of uh, roller derby. It's kind of an exploitation flick. Um, There's there's uh, everything
0: I read about it noted. It's gritty quality, which I think back then was a code word for like it wasn't done quality well, I think. And that was kind of but I mean, it could have been because this was the early this is 1972. So I think that was kind of um, just part of the gritty. Yeah, Yeah. I
2: I think it was uh, dressing up the seedy underbelly and presenting it in a package that you could take grandma to the theater and experience this facet of American life at (laughs) the time. So let's talk about the people that are in this movie.
0: Yes. So we mentioned Raquel Welch, and you mentioned the uh, villain, the Burt Henry, who is the owner of. Is he the owner of the Portland team?
2: The Portland team, the Portland Loggers. Right.
0: The Portland roller derby team, in case we didn't throw out the roller derby aspect. This is a roller derby film.
2: So in the 1970s, there was, uh, I guess that was the first roller derby craze, because. There was no roller derby before it just be, was born into an existence in the 70s. Is I that...
0: think I think it was from what I from what I read in the articles about this is that it was popular in the 50s and 60s as well. Huh. And I feel like based on what is playing right now and based on the crowd, there there and we'll get into this later. Believe me, the crowd reaction shots in this movie, which are. Mind blowing, well, but they're amazing. I have a feeling those were all real reactions from real. So I think it had the same the same kind of backyard small appeal as professional or not professional wrestling, but wrestling. Like what WWE, would you call it? yeah, that type of wrestling, but on the smaller scale. How like different smaller communities have those, and then they oh yeah local go into the local yeah yeah yeah. So I think they were in. I had a feeling they were in the same circuits as those things because the crowd seemed the same. All of the fighting, whatever that yeah, was, was happening. A lot of
1: theatrics on the, on the you know, uh, <laughs> breaking a chair over their feet, fa- you know, let's line up as a wall and we're going to lay down on the ground. And like, it right. just seemed like very theatrical. Right. So the owner of that team uh, you mentioned was Burt
0: Henry, and he is played by who? What was Kevin his name? Kevin McCarthy. And he looked super familiar to me, me for a too. couple reasons, but I want to see where he was familiar to you.
2: So he just has that face and I was like, gosh, what have I seen him in? And I had to look it up and I had to read his page a couple times to figure it out. Uh-huh. I-, I don't think it's like uh, a lot of movies I've seen him in. I think his face is just so particular that uh-huh. you see him in one thing and you never forget that face. And I, I think ultimately what I remembered him most from was the Twilight Zone movie from 1986, he was, he was
1: the dad in, or he was. Um, I, I know exactly the scene where where the boy who has the superpowers. Yes. Uh and so yeah, he, so he was the father yes. in that uh Oh I never in that. saw that. And oh, the, oh the giant rabbit, the freaky yep. rabbit, yeah. Yep. That's oh. what I
2: knew him from. So
0: I think in my mind, he is the face of every like upper crust snooty eighties movie villain, like who owns the ski resort or whatever. Oh, and I like, yeah. couldn't quite figure out why that was, but he is the the uh the antagonist in UHF. Yep. He is Weird Al's foil or whatever, as the station owner or whatever, and that's why I have that in my mind of him being this. Stu- but there's something else that you said he was in before we started recording that I recognized him from, but oh. now I can't remember what you said.
2: Uh, inner Space, maybe. Fantastic yeah. Voyage. No, you said Inner
0: Space, so maybe that's what I'm thinking. But but anyway, he has a face, and if you if you if you Google his uh, if you Google him, you'll totally recognize him.
2: He has a face, but he does not have a Facebook because he's dead. Oh. <laughs> Wah, wah. But he lived to be 96 So Yeah he
0: was super old But he looked I wrote that he looks like Tobacco smoking feels Like he just has that weird You know brist not bristly Hair but like everything about him just Feels mahogany somehow I don't know how to describe it,
1: <laughs> it Smells like a pipe Totally
2: he's, he's always wearing a smoking jacket <laughs> Yes, He is a, He is a smoking a jacket, jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Uh I don't know if there's uh Okay, so let's talk about some of the other characters in the movie. Uh, there's Big Bertha.
0: Yes, yes, the dump truck of a woman who...
2: I'm <laughs> sorry. Putting it mildly. Right, who, yeah, is, is one of the... She is Raquel's first rival, the one that she uh, makes a, a, a bet with in Kansas City. Uh-huh. And the description that Raquel uses against her is just brutal. What is she saying? She calls her a fat tub of lard. Who, <laughs> Tina, you fat tub of lard? <laughs> She's like, the, you, you, your skating is even worse than how you look. And I did let. Was that when they
0: were yelling? They were having the smack talk back and forth at the beginning. Yeah, I could tell that Raquel Welch was trying so hard because you can. I think all of the other roller derby people were like real roller derby like skaters, like the jet, the woman who plays Jackie, I think I felt like she did all her own stunts and all that stuff. But I, and I had read that a couple other people were real world and I felt like Big Bertha was one of those people and she She was used to trash talking but like Raquel Welch you could just tell that she was struggling but grabbing the mic and trying to be this and that remember it was overacting for sure totally totally
2: I did look up Big Bertha was um, a real roller derby uh, 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 athlete and her name in uh, real roller derby circuits was Moo Moo
0: (laughs)
1: what? (laughs) Oh, move But move. yeah, I, I think
0: the Jackie was too, which is interesting because what I said at the top about the Golden Globe, there actually sh- the there was a Golden Globe nom- nominee for Best Supporting Actress for the lady who plays Jackie.
2: Right. Who's her rival when she moves to Portland. Right, right. Yeah. So uh, this is a good time to. Can someone help explain to me how roller derby works? Because I was so confused watching this movie. I wrote down several times, how do points work? How do points work? <laughs>
0: Because at one time they like would get four at a time and then like you'd look up and it's like 85 to 97 and there's no baskets or there's no. So I think I think this is kind of a hybrid of real roller derby and something made up and the movies because I think in real roller derby you have to and actually um, I know somebody who's in roller derby. I should have asked her. So Christine if you're out there I'm sorry for not asking you. Um, I think it's you have to pass people and every time you pass a person. Um, You get a point or something like that. And that's why you'll see them sometimes two or three people grab hands and do like the whip thing to whip someone super fast and they'll knock someone out of the way. But this movie does not make it clear. And I'm going to play some audio here because I feel like half of this movie is these poor announcers Trying to give us enough information about what we're watching because there are a lot of roller derby matches in this in this movie.
2: Yeah, it's filler. It's like forty percent of this movie is just matched. Yeah, filler. and it all
0: looks the same. Like you'd never feel like you're watching something different. But and but the audio during that all falls on these two poor announcers. So here's a little clip of of what most of the movie feels like. There
1: are ten girls on the track for the first jam of the evening. See, they get
0: sixty seconds in which to score points, and everybody who wears a helmet is a jammer the method of scoring is the jammers the pack, and for each opponent they
2: pass they pick up one point Salio, so so for people who were new to roller derby that was
0: that was all you get yeah and, and this is like while you know action is happening and you're trying to follow and and but my question for this movie was um so the way that they show roller derby they're doing the roller derby but there's a lot of like Fights that look like professional wrestling. So, in other words, like they're doing little hits, you know, but overreacting or slamming their heads against the turnbuckle. I guess they didn't have a turnbuckle, but the ropes are and
2: getting props and and
0: getting yeah. I mean, Mark said like they grab a table and like a chair and like and a, a toolbox mop. and a mop at some point. A massage table <laughs> a is there massage in the toe. middle of the room. It's like at any point you could just choose to pick a fight. And yeah, and the crowd throws food at one point. Yeah. But my question is, do in the context of this movie, is the
2: roller derby a scripted thing? Right. I couldn't figure that out. It seemed like maybe there was overarching plot points that were to happen, but then what happened in the match maybe was
0: not real? talked about. Yeah, kind of improvised. Mark's shaking right. his head.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think that there were probably four things that had to happen, uh, you know, in order to progress the plot. It's like uh, a waiting.
0: It's, it's like a waiting for Guffman script where there's like the four plot points and you can do whatever you want in between as long as you mention those four things <laughs> along the exactly. way exactly
1: exactly and uh, it, yeah so like at the beginning big Bertha and her had to have a skirmish in order to lead to the uh, the conflict that they had at the interview on, on the stage. And, so do
2: you think cool. in the context of the movie th- the beef with Bertha was supposed to happen And do you think that she was being traded to Portland and that's just how they were playing it off, that she was going to Portland?
0: Or did they get in a fight and then have to scramble to, like, find a place for Casey to go to? Yeah. Because there's a couple times, like, after the match, they'll, like, talk to each other, like, oh, sorry for, you know, going down so hard, you know, no hard feelings or, like, that sort of thing. Like, they didn't know. But then the fights were so... Choreographed Choreographed And fake feeling Like it would be It would be as if The WWE people Were backstage Like acting like It was real You know what I mean Like it was that level Of Of stage fighting And like you don't Improvise like Throwing a tool chest At someone Like that's not (laughs) Something you Surprise your fellow Actor with
2: I mean it's already Confusing enough as it is But then you put it In the context of A movie Of roller derby And you really have No idea Right, Right It's very meta
0: Yeah yeah, so and of course when when Casey gets to her new team then then sh- the old star skater uh, is is threatened and and develops a rivalry with with Raquel Welch's character then.
2: Um but other other characters that <laughs> stood out, should should we get to the elephant in the room? Yes.
0: <laughs> it's just the first I watched this movie for the first time t- like 2 weeks ago, so I was watching it early and then I'll watch it again. Um and the first thing I noticed, and I didn't tell you guys, but it came up today independently. All three of us were like, "What was happening with the extras in this movie?"
2: It's phenomenal, hands down. These are the most entertaining extras I've seen it in any movie crazy. ever. Crazy!
0: It's like, and all of these extras. Most of this, I think, was filmed at the Portland Expo Center. Is that? That is true.
2: Okay, so question there: Was there actually a roller derby track at the Expo Center? I
0: think so, okay. but I can't be totally sure. But I think so. I mean, somebody it's not tell that us in build. the comments below. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if that was that hard, difficult that. to build. But I mean, I I feel like all of the we're we're watching in in this and th- and we're
1: broadcasting. Oh, that are we? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So right we're
0: watching. Now. Mark made a little compilation and then made a slow motion of crowd reaction shots, and they are reacting to what I'm assuming is a real roller derby match. I mean, what are they There's, there's no to? way
1: that they're not acting. Like they they you are You don't think they're act- watching
0: anything real right now? No. They're just being told
1: to do it or are they No, no, no. They, they, these are real
0: reactions. These are okay, real yeah, reactions. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, are yeah. not yeah. acting like they're they you yeah. know. Cuz these are not Yeah, these are not actors. Those are these genuine, genuine are emotions. The strangest straight from the collection heart of people I have ever seen We've in my life. We've given names to half of the people <laughs> in this 3 minute video. <laughs> So all of these people are insane, insane, and there's that there's the screen grab that I told you to grab at the beginning. Oh. So right out of the gate in this movie, they sing the entire national anthem, but they
1: okay, show. I'm showing the two two dudes right all, now.
0: Yeah, they show all of the other players and these two men, and I don't mean to be lookist, but again to what I was saying about the 1970s aesthetic, two of the least appealing. <laughs> people I have ever seen in my There's life. There's Colin Malloy. Right. <laughs> he has on the background thing. But those two <laughs> players and then that just set the tone and every time you see this crowd, it's It's Goontown. It's crazy.
2: It is like they had an open... Those two players. It is like they had an open (laughs) casting call on the Max and just like all of the weird people on public transportation, you're right in here. (laughs) Everybody who didn't make it as a background extra
0: for Napoleon Dynamite show up here
2: (laughs) 30 years ago.
0: Oh, man. But yeah, that... I was obsessed with those background actors. Th- they
2: were distracting, like you. Couldn't... They really
0: because they were real in a way you never really see in a movie. Yeah, and I can't quite describe if it was because they were reacting to a real thing. It's or... kind
2: of like when they use stock footage uh, of a sporting event of a real crowd, you know, in a sports movie, and then you you can tell like, oh, that's a different. They cut to the
0: close up of like the six people around them, okay. and they're like quietly yeah, clapping or exactly. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but that's so the. It, it was worth it just for just for those people. It's crazy. Uh,
2: we will put this full video on YouTube, um, which
0: I'm hoping we were talking about before. It just becomes a, a goldmine of reaction gifs, which is just <laughs> which really is, just is wonderful. And yeah. one of the ladies in the in the little video clip looks like one of the girls from Haim, If anybody <laughs> is familiar with that band,
2: so. What stood out to you in this movie? Besides the the extras. Besides
0: the extras, which took me a long time to get over, and uh, how great Raquel Welch looked. Um,
2: I don't even know how to answer that. There was something that stood out to me right towards the beginning, and it's when she's coming to Portland. Did you get a sense of... Uh, <laughs> So she, she leaves Kansas City, and she's driving to Portland. Yes. And then immediately, the, it's they play it out like it's a montage, like you're going to yeah. see her journey across the United States. And then immediately, they start showing shots of Oregon scenery. And you're like, oh, she's in Oregon already. And then they start flashing uh, interstate signs, Chicago, Denver, all, the while, all the while you're seeing <laughs> Oregon.
0: That was so, because I started, I'm like, okay, well, here's the slow-mo smooth jazz drive because this whole movie is just music that I can only describe as like lugubrious 70s schmaltz music and so she's taking this like slow saxophone drive and it's like clearly it's the gorge and then she's stopping so, at a beautiful waterfall in the and, gorge and then oh she's on the Markham Bridge yeah and like then that. on the Markham Bridge and then all of a sudden uh, I wrote down, yeah. wait that was supposed to be Kansas because she's like <laughs> now leaving Kansas City and then she's on the steel bridge and then a bunch of stuff happens <laughs> And then she's still on the road trip like five minutes later. She still hasn't left her house because she's saying goodbye to her children.
2: It was comical. for It was crazy. But I think it would only be comical for someone who lives in Oregon or lives in Portland.
0: But uh, to front load that with waterfalls and like giant gorge senior and then to pretend you're in Kansas. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, it's not like it it was was the East Coasters. Oh, yeah. It was pretty amazing. It was like, wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) We're not even in Oregon yet? (laughs) <laughs> and then when she finally gets to Portland She's going over the Markham Bridge Which is the I-5 bridge And the t- on the top deck So they must be going south um, There's two the two huge um, freeway signs That just had a big black tarp over both of them And one of them just said Portland <laughs> That's all Like no exit information Just two giant black Portland. signs One said Portland
2: <laughs> Which is pretty great Portland uh-huh. movie geography
0: Yeah but yeah, I, I mentioned it before too. Another thing that stood out for me. I think it was hard for me to follow because the sound was terrible in this. Like it was, a, there was like locker room.
1: It was, it was very muddled. It, there was like a locker it, room
0: yeah. scene where they like put one mic in the middle of a locker room and like 30 people screaming at the same
1: time. I also noticed that um, many of the really exciting skating scenes, just the the sound mix was just terrible they they didn't have a a big crowd uh, making noise it was just like eh, this, that this, final this scene was like that very... there was no
0: music there was no crowd so there's a couple like you can hear skates rattling a little bit it was yeah that was weird too
1: yeah is that a thing that was just the mediocre movies of the 70s or I
0: feel like a lot of this stuff was very Either of the time or trying to be of its time. You know what I mean? Trying to ape the the big popular gritty movies of the time.
1: There's so many things that we have come to expect in movies that are inventions over the last 30 years. Like, yeah. Like the uh, gut punch sound and and things that we, we see and we connect with modern movies that doesn't happen in real life like when somebody gets punched it doesn't yeah. make that slapping over yeah. yeah exactly exactly that big over the <laughs> top uh, yeah exactly. that's the one <laughs> that's the one uh, and and so this of course didn't have any of that. I actually
0: wrote that down on that final scene they're like punching each other and there was no sound effects for any of it which was yeah I was like it didn't need to be that obviously fake one but there was just nothing right so it could have been like a stylistic choice, I guess, but it, whatever. Whatever it was, it did not. It didn't really work.
2: Can someone tell me how uh, the laws of physics work with <laughs> helmets in this movie? They don't. Uh. It's like, did you notice how quickly uh, that the roller derby folks would lose their helmets? They would just like fly off their head, and they'd be wearing them for two seconds.
0: I well, I I wonder if that was a necessity because so Rick, uh, the big thing. Um, about this movie was that Raquel Welch did a lot of her own stunts and she trained for five hours a day for three months, roller skating, building up to this. And she broke her wrist in training. And that's why she's wearing her wrist brace in the movie and all of that. And so she does a lot of skating in this movie, but every time it's, there's like a rumble or a fast paced scene, (laughs) there is an, Obvious stunt woman with just this gigantic Gantic pile wig. of hair yeah. that is always obscuring her face and flying around, it, and
2: it looks like cousin it on skates. <laughs> it really yeah, does.
0: and it was such a contrast because, like, I noted earlier that Raquel Welch's is like is very soft and beautiful and like modern to right now looking, as opposed to that seventies look. And that fright wig of a stunt woman <laughs> was just hilarious. I think it was
1: a stunt man. Do you so, yeah. I tr- I yeah. kept
0: trying to see but I I don't think they would have done that. I don't know. I I tried looking though cuz I wondered the same thing but uh, I, yeah, I could be convinced but uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't I didn't I wasn't I I I thought it was a, a woman. But um but yeah, that
2: hair was <laughs> just insane. I wonder what the Portland Roller Derby team's name was back in the 70s. Do you think it was the Portland Loggers? Oh, maybe. I don't know.
0: I don't know. Did I we mean, have
2: a team back then? I guess we. I assume we. I assume we did. I assume we'll we assume did. It was somewhere. That'd be weird if this movie came out all about Portland roller <laughs> derby and, <then> it, <laughs> and there wasn't any
1: Portland roller derby scene.
0: Uh, I did notice a a, a lot too. There, like we mentioned earlier that there was a lot of scenes of the roller derby, like lots of these matches. That again was hard to contextualize and figure out the scoring and all of that. And I would say almost half of those Raquel watches sitting on the bench watching people we don't really know in a game that we're not sure of the stakes. And she's sitting there and they keep cutting back to her just sitting watching from the bench. And I don't, that was such a weird way to try to engage us as the audience to have the star not doing the thing that we came to see her do. True.
2: And that seemed to happen a lot. It's much easier to have your star not skate. Totally. They they uh, couldn't
0: pay the the wig woman enough that day, so they had to
1: (laughs)
2: sit Raquel out. I think the studio, I I read that the studio was concerned that Raquel Welsh would not be able to pull this role off. Oh, really?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, their concerns were (laughs) warranted.
2: (laughs) But we do get to see uh, Raquel Welsh uh, roller skate with Jodie Foster in this movie.
0: Yes. So, yeah, I I watched this movie before you guys, and I was like... (laughs) I when the credits came up, I was like Jodie Foster. It was weird, and she's in the movie maybe for ten or fifteen seconds. They roller skate down the street. She plays; she's nine at the time, I think, or ten. Jodie Foster is, and she plays uh, Raquel's daughter. Yeah, and they yeah they they skate down the street, and then they have a little scene on the porch, which I felt like all of this movie. That's another thing I noticed: like that scene was all done in one take, and the camera was always in one place. And I don't know if that was another because that there's a scene also where they do this like Aaron Sorkin esque walk and talk through the hotel at Janssen Beach, the big that big old brown building that burned down. It was all one take, you know, and all extended and I don't know if that was another stylized thing where they were showing that they could do this big long you know, Goodfellas like extended take of, of whatever, but
2: that scene with Jodie Foster roller skating down the sidewalk reminded me of the, uh, scene in extraordinary measures with a uh, Harrison Ford chasing the <laughs> wheelchair down the street, wheezing his way down the street, chasing a child. Oh, that's totally true. Yeah. Um, Jodie Foster as a child, wasn't she famous as a child for yeah.
0: something? Yes, she was. And uh, I looked at her filmography, and this was very early in her career. So she had done some TV stuff and TV movies. Uh, after this is when she did like The Parent Trap, and um, oh, there's a couple other, and then Taxi Driver, of course, was a couple years after this because I think she was 12 or 13 when she did that. But this was, I think, her first movie movie that wasn't a TV movie or mm-hmm. like a Disney. Disney type thing so yeah she was in there and then she was out but she got billing like up front. she yeah. got
1: front credit for that <clears throat> I don't I, she, I recognized her voice before I recognized her face yeah she yeah. has She's a yeah,
2: very distinct drawl voice draw with a little lisp so speaking of her children in this movie how, how did that work uh, so she was a single mother yeah and her she had two children and they were living with her mother so like grandma was watching the kids And was that supposed to be in Portland?
0: I I think it was in a third undefined place because the movie starts in Kansas City. They have the, the derby off or whatever you want to call their little skate off and Raquel has to leave Kansas City forever and that's when the driving montage starts and goes forever and then ends up or halfway through that driving montage. That's where we get the scene with Raquel and her mom and the two kids, and the little boy runs away in the field because he's, I guess, scared that mom will get hurt. Mom's going to get hurt. And Raquel just chases him all around as they're both sobbing, which was a strange scene. But then there's a little bit more of the driving montage after that. Yeah. So I felt she drove from Kansas City to somewhere, I don't know. She visits again on a road trip as they're going.
2: (laughs) It was weird because the... I was thinking that the children were in Portland too. So then when mommy goes and lives with a teammate on a houseboat, I'm like, <laughs> what a terrible mother. She's just going to live on a houseboat when her kids are down the street. I
0: I, think it's a third town. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just unmentioned town because yeah, when she gets to Portland, she, she moves in, with... even
2: though it looks like a, it really looks like a Portland neighborhood. It's yeah, it's probably, oh, yeah, it's yeah. absolutely
1: yeah. filmed in a Portland neighborhood and it doesn't make sense. Uh, when, Henry is talking about, hey, we're going to move to Chicago. Uh, You know, I need to bring my kids with me, is what she was talking about. And then,
0: then yeah, he promises, oh, Oh, I'll bring the kids here. They'll be here.
1: But she's not living with the kids now. Like, (laughs) why wasn't that a requirement to go to Portland? Right. Yeah,
0: (laughs) totally. So, yeah, I think it's a third uh, undefined place because they do revisit it, but she is on one of the bus trips with the team at the time. Yeah, so but it was very that was very unclear because we never see the kids again. They're talked about, and we see them through a window (laughs) in a distance. They couldn't
1: afford Jodie Foster that much. (laughs) Uh, There's also a lot of the location. uh, You know, uh, it's what's the term in movies when uh, establishing shots? Uh, A lot of the establishing shots are weird as well. When they they have one period of time where they are going from city to city, playing uh, out on the road, Mm -hmm. right? And so they show a clip of a game playing, and then they show out the windshield of a car driving at night. They fade to that, (laughs) and then they fade back to a game. I
0: I noticed that in one shot, the bus is driving in the middle of the day, and as it passes in front of camera, it's like suddenly in the middle of the night. And I didn't know if that was like... A mistake, or they were trying to show the passage of time.
1: Yeah, I, I think they were trying to show the passage of time through through all of that, but it wasn't. Maybe we've (laughs) just. Maybe I've just become spoon fed by modern movies of. You now are watching a bus drive at night. That means that they are traveling. You know, right and in these were a little more abstract or a little less defined or it or could whatever.
0: be. Um, and, and now that we're describing it and I'm thinking back to it, this movie is very much a league of their own in a way. It's the, it's the girls team that travels around on the bus. The one has to lead their family, like all of those little, and then the the two rivals against each other and the one gets fired. And it had a lot of the same little, done i think not nearly as well as a league of their own will would would do after it
2: but it kind of left out the whole um gender element it, it, it didn't that's true portray the women as like the underdog it was a very it, it portrayed the win the women's team and the men's team very evenly
0: they did the only time that that ever came up was there's was a weird scene where they walk out after practice uh raquel welch and pig, uh, pigtails her friend pigtails and they get, um, the two men approach them in the dark parking lot oh, yeah, and, and try to hassle them or try to like take yeah, off with them kidnap or whatever. Them. And then they, they fight back. Case, and they beat them up and they do, they and They away. run away and we never hear or see or
2: mention that ever again. That that even happened. Yeah. There was no repercussion from that. But you're right. That's the no only
1: consequence. Uh, okay. So we have, we have a little, little situation here. So, um, Mary Culp, uh, do either of you know Mary? No. Okay, so she's uh, uh, watching on Facebook. She says, I remember it well, was doing a show at the Expo Center, and uh, and an ad went, and I sat in on the filming as they <sighs> needed extras. <gasps> also, Raquel Welch stopped by our booth and visited a very nice... Lady smaller than she looked on screen. She was a very nice lady. Uh, oh, smaller much smaller than she looked than she on, looked on screen. screen. That's funny wow. in this Maybe life
2: she's in one of our clips in this Life magazine. That <laughs> I sure we'll, hope so. We'll, oh. What if she's the? Yeah.
0: <laughs> she's the older. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> she, she, she has
2: to be dead by now. You, there is an oh.
0: d- amazing old woman giving what I call the the Italian middle finger, which is yeah. the the motion where you kind of scrape your fingers under your chin at someone. Yeah, uh, I guess.
2: Mary, please. <laughs> Post a photo of yourself so we
0: can yeah. identify <laughs> we can you identify in these you the crowd. Maybe you, yeah, she can look at the video posted after this, and she can see if she's in one of them. That's very cool, though. So. Well That's uh, not going to of our feed, is it?
1: That's uh, yeah. If you have more info, Mary, uh, please please let us know. That's Fantastic. awesome. Fantastic.
0: There is I read yeah I did read a lot about the, the the and there must have been a big call for extras to come because that seems to be the thing. Like oh, I remember them announcing looking for mm-hmm. people to come be extras in this. Well, this movie
2: this movie was apparently a big deal when it came out um, like uh, so let's let's talk about this yes um, right here I have an issue of life magazine from 1972 and on the freaking cover is Raquel Welsh well,
1: then,
2: let, me, let me oh I'm, I I'm holding there. this uh, magazine yes, up for nobody to see 19 uh, uh,
0: yeah, June 2 1972 copy of life um, magazine so there she is <laughs> there she is wearing her number 11 Portland bombers <laughs> raquel on skates. yeah it was the, the title of the article inside is the hottest thing on wheels which was also the um, the slogan for this so when <laughs> I was saying beforehand like what that's pretty crazy to be on the cover of life magazine
2: right so uh, and then you open it up and there's a little photo expose uh, on the movie mm-hmm. not much text. Um, but the first thing it talks about is how this is supposed to be, uh, Raquel Welch's big, uh, serious acting breakout role. And, uh, it's not going to happen with this role. Better luck next time. (laughs) We wish you the best Raquel. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but, uh, I think in 1972 for MGM, this was their third highest grossing movie.
0: Oh wow! I I think it did make money, right? It did, yeah. yeah. The third highest grossing. Wow! What do you remember? Did you see what else?
2: Well, one of them was Shaft. Uh, the, <laughs> wasn't this by the same director? No, no, no I could've. no, okay, no it's not. On. I looked up the director who, D- Gerald something. Gerald, yeah. He didn't do anything else of note, uh, really. There is a quote. Uh, uh, if you read the Wikipedia page about Kansas City bomber. Um, they did a lot of publicity, and Raquel Welch did a lot of interviews p- promoting this movie. And the, here is a fantastic quote kind of describing some of the uh, extras we talked about. Raquel Welch said that most of the spectators are basic people, and there's something cathartic about watching people get dumped.
1: <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> Does she mean dumped like? I think she means like on the track. On the track. People, track yeah. so, that, oh, so that, like wow. the people that enjoy watching that are basic people. <laughs> Oh.
0: You know how the morons like
2: to, to watch people fall over? Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. <laughs> uh, and then I also read that, uh, that this movie started out as a much different movie. Uh, the person who wrote the script, uh, it was going to be the story of uh, Raquel wanting to be a Hollywood actress and not being able to make it, so uh, somebody who already is... Uh, Uh, roller derby queen on her way out takes Raquel under her wing and trains her to be the next Uh, uh, Roller derby star and she eventually finds stardom but as like the villain and people boo and hiss at her So she she found stardom, but in a way she didn't want right and that was gonna Mm. be the movie uh, a much deeper Character study
1: it sounds a lot more interesting. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'd like to see that. movie. I know
2: (laughs) And uh, that's not exactly what we got
0: Yeah So the reason I thought shaft sounded familiar is because I must have read that same thing um, Third most successful after shaft and something called skyjacked
2: skyjacked which, I don't know what that is. No, not filmed in Portland. Not filmed in Portland, sadly. <laughs> we'll never watch it. Um, Do you guys learn anything else about this
0: movie? <sighs> I learned that there was a special credit in the very beginnings that it was like a uh, score by and music by, and it was uh, featuring the song Your Way Ain't My Way, Baby, by Jeff Thomas, uh-huh. which is n- not even on YouTube. I couldn't, couldn't find, find it <laughs> anywhere. Nor did I really see in the movie where where that song was used. No. So,
2: but holy crap, I found out an interesting story. Uh, this movie indirectly led to the death of a folk singer. What? Wow. <laughs> Go on. Uh, are you fami- I want to see that movie. Are you guys familiar with a uh, Phil Oaks I don't know. think so. Phil Oakes was a folk singer, a uh, contemporary of uh, Bob Dylan's. Um, and and he would probably be of note more than he is today um, if it were not for Bob Dylan. I, it's a tragic story, the, the story of Phil Oakes' life. And he um, was always overshadowed by Bob Dylan and didn't really get the respect. And he tried really hard and, and wanted to do good. And uh, he, he never found his fame. And he, he stuck by his guns and wanted to be, you know, I, I will do, I'm not a sellout. I, it's all about the, the message behind the music. And his one commercial venture, he was approached to do a song, the theme song for Kansas City Bomber. So he wrote a song called Kansas City Bomber. And it's actually a jaunty little folk tune. And, and it sounds kind of great. But guess what? It was rejected from the movie. And uh, uh, this is just one more of those Instances in Phil Oaks life where he just couldn't catch a break. So he was so happy with the song He wanted to release it as a single and he did and then he wanted to sing it at the uh, televised um, Match in in Los Angeles of a real roller derby and uh, they they didn't even let that happen Um, (laughs) And then a few years later he went on and uh, killed himself
0: (laughs) That sounds a lot like the character arc of Hank who is a character in this movie that we have not (laughs) talked about How would you describe the character of Hank? Uh,
2: Hank, uh, a simple folk. <laughs> you feel pity for Hank. You feel pity for Hank. Hank is a
0: fellow roller derbier. He is on uh, Ra- on Raquel's team. He's on yeah. the Portland team, totally. uh, and he's like a big, oafish, lumbering, big guy who is clearly meant to be aging out of of the roller derby and knows that he's in his his twilight years of it. Um, and as I think in the movie the owner the 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 bad guy convinces him to put and this is why we had the questions of like is this real or is this scripted because he's encouraged Hank is encouraged to act crazy and be out of control because the crowd loves it and it'll get us you know people in the seats and so he does that but
2: wrong to an extreme I guess yeah I think, he, I
1: think he goes at, too far at <laughs> did heart, they go too far you
2: know at heart he always kind of had a problem portraying the image of being like the pig and the, the villain and it didn't sit well with him but you know it's it's what people like so he did it um, and, and it sounds like his
0: dad used to call him piggy or something like that is that was that the story.
2: I don't know. It sounds believable. So anyway, Todd wrote the backstory for for (laughs) Hank.
0: (laughs) So yeah. So Hank eventually, for some reason, gets in trouble for that and and gets fired. Um, And it's this the second person from the team that gets fired, and they're all blaming Raquel Welch because Raquel Welch is is now dating the owner bad guy, and um, the rest of the the women on the team are blaming her for everyone leaving and everything changing, which I kind of deserves like she kind of deserves it i thought
1: she uh, didn't she was not very
0: likable in this guilty. movie guilty no nobody so, was very and th- that's another thing i wrote down is there anyone that we're rooting for in this movie besides maybe hank
1: or or mm. the kids
0: <laughs> to like, get a better mom right we're rooting for them to have a better life <laughs> like, with someone else the, the poor grandmother <laughs> I mean, but, yeah, I mean, everybody, the, the Jackie, the Jackie Scarecrow hair character, just an awful, doing the worst impression of whatever happened to baby Jane, like, always just stared, there's a the Kenton shot, kitten <laughs> um, club shots where she's, like, drunk and, like, staring off into the distance and being very dramatic and throwing drinks and everyone in this, except for pigtails, maybe. Pigtails is likable because she lets Casey live with her on the houseboat. Um.
1: What about what about Hank?
0: Hank, yeah. So Hank gets fired and then has a mental breakdown and starts. We have pity for acting him. like a pig. Acting like a pig. So he's here's a. He's. You are He goes crazy and starts going around the the track. And I played the little clip at the beginning. How and then they they tackle him, which must be very difficult to tackle someone on skates these poor security guards but he starts screaming i'm not a pig and i never want to be no different I this. I'm no pig. I ain't no pig.
2: if they ever remake this film i want to see tommy Wiseau in the role of <laughs> hank
1: yes <laughs>
0: he would be, so yeah hank gets fired and that's kind of the last we hear from him right like do do we get any sort of dating wah with like and how ha- he found a wife and now is a happy Mechanic or whatever Like we never hear no, from him again
2: he's, No yeah he's gone <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's
0: just gone They had the little text At the end of the movie And Hank committed suicide oh. But yeah the only person That we care about In this whole And he has a crush on Casey too Of course Because she's Raquel Welch And he keeps trying to like Ask her out Like as you know As a nice guy type thing And
2: she always just Would Turns you go him go to down. the movies with me Yeah We'll see Hank
0: He's totally Bubba Gump From <laughs> I guess not Gump Bubba from Forrest Gump I have a real question. Okay. Why is this movie called Kansas City Bomber? It's a terrible, terrible name. Kansas City Bomber was not the team name when she was on the Kansas City team. It is not her nickname. No. It is not ever spoken in this movie it's or used. not anyone's used nickname. Or anyone's nickname. Yeah. But this movie is called... And she carries around a bag, I think, that has
2: Casey. maybe just case. It's case says Casey B on it says "City Demolition." Yeah, yeah.
1: Hmm.
0: That's a Demolition. <laughs> that's city
2: bomber. Like a bomb. So, but I mean,
0: it's never ever mentioned or brought up or anything, and it's the name of this movie that takes place in Portland. Yeah, about roller derby.
2: And the the fact that she's from Kansas City is pretty irrelevant to anything else in in the film.
0: It's not her other than her name. If anything, it should be... But she never talks about, I wish I can go back, or, you know, anything about (laughs) Kansas City.
2: If anything, it should be the Portland bomber.
0: Yeah. Is bomber one of the... What did they have? The positions? One of the positions? The jammer. Jammer. The jammer. Jammer. (laughs) Jammer. (laughs) Bomber. But yeah, I couldn't... I got to the end of this movie, and I was like, wait a minute. What is this movie
2: called? Why is this? It didn't make any sense. This is probably why this movie is is uh, relatively unknown in the lexicon of Portland films. Of Portland films, and especially for off. a
0: city which, like, I feel like this movie or this this city still has, I think, a fairly vibrant roller derby scene. Yes, right. You would, and you would
2: think that this movie would be more of a cultural, yeah, uh, cult classic in this city, but I, you never hear of it.
0: Yeah, that's uh, Kansas City Bomber.
2: Can you uh bring up uh, uh, a little YouTube, uh the song Kansas City Bomber by Phil Oakes? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's- she comes from Kansas City in the middle of the land. She was the queen of the game. But love This would have been a That's, great song in the movie. I
0: love that. I know. But instead, let me. I don't know how. I think I wrote down a mute one of the music cues here, because the oh, the music. I don't, in this I don't understand why just, that was rejected. It would have right. fit right in. Well, because they were too busy being gritty. Being gritty. Yes. Yeah. So this is like a basic all throughout the movie. Like all of the establishing shots. All of the there's a lot of long walks from a distance. I feel like, and it's all. The driving montage? The driving montage was like this. It's all that Come like Come on, gross, let, it, let her roll, let her roll. That gross <laughs> 70s like... Oh, sorry. Um. Yeah, I'll see, I'll see if I can find the driving montage. The driving to nowhere
2: montage. Oh, here we go.
0: Yeah, she's clearly on, driving through the gorge here.
2: Because if the gorge deserves a soundtrack, that's it. <laughs> oh... Oh, look, kids, it's Multnomah
0: Falls. (laughs) Yeah, it's just. It's just also gross feeling to me driving Miss Daisy through the gorge. Yeah, it's 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 bad. You know what the other 45 minutes of this movie was? People having one sided telephone conversations. Every time someone Raquel Welch does it like five times. Pigtails does it one time. The owner does it one time. They'll walk into a room. One time, Raquel Welch is uh-huh. in someone's office and says, Oh, I you know, I can't talk long. I'm um, in someone's office, a conversation that takes five minutes and we only see Raquel Welch <laughs> <laughs> saying, like, uh huh. Uh-huh. Well because so you only have to pay for one actor no once on the phone. And then the bad guy comes the the owner comes in and he is from out of town. So it's not his office because he says, "Oh, I, you know, I'm here from out of town, and I'd like to talk to you more about your contract."
1: Whose office are they in? They're <laughs> just in, just in an office. And she's like, "Oh, I'm sorry about the charges. I'll, I, I'll pay I, for yeah, them. Your long
0: distance charges, yeah." And then one, uh, in one of the Kenton Club scenes, um, when we were standing in there tonight, I'm like, "Oh, this is, you know, where they had the table set up, and over there." And I started laughing because I'm like, "Over there is where she had the 12 minute extended <laughs> phone conversation in the corner, talking to no one." Oh. Uh, that made me laugh so hard that and how Bert uh the bad guy, when they were doing that long walk and talk through the hotel, he was walk like dragging her along with him. He had grabbed her not like by the hand, like by the upper arm and was like walking with her as if she was like a hostage the whole time. I yeah. thought it was very unsettling
2: and that was uh in the Thunderbird Hotel, yes, uh, now Thunderbird inn. Which no longer exists. Which, because it
0: burned down, what was it a couple years ago? A few no, years ago, 2012 maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then where they go up the elevator there, and there's a there's an Arco sign right outside of the elevator. <laughs> and that's that same Arco that's still there
2: in that little Jansen Beach area. Everybody should know that Arco has not changed their logo in uh, 40 years I was now. really surprised it had been around that long. Yeah. I didn't really realize that. That's um, funny. So I think we've... Hit the highlights on the locations <sighs> that we wind up uh, in Portland in this movie.
0: I did. Do you want to talk about some of the some of the locations? Well, uh, before before you get into that, I have one more I uh, have two more things. the all of the action scenes, which were all of the roller derby scenes, were they filmed? well or not? I couldn't decide.
2: Um, what I thought was uh, jarring was how they had to track the 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 uh as they went around the track they would track them for a little bit and then the camera would have to quickly like go around the track to catch up with them again yeah 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 it's they didn't have enough camera angles i don't think
1: yeah they they really had two angles going on they had the from one of the ends of the uh the oval uh, of the oval and then one from inside the oval
0: with uh, them skating in look, front like
1: following right. them or in front
0: of them yeah and there's a scene at the very end. So at the very end, Raquel Welch's character has to challenge the um, Jackie, who is the who was the star player of the Portland Loggers before Casey arrived. And they have to, and of course they have to say the line. Do they even say Portland? Is it big enough for the both of us? I forget, but they also I say... feel
2: like they do ...have
0: to leave Portland forever, which is a very ever. long time. Ever, ever, ever. And so they're doing their final battle. They have to do like five laps, and whoever wins, and, and it's no holds barred. You know, you can do anything you want. And so they're skating and skating and skating. They're about to finish the race, and there's one final confrontation that, that Jackie is trying to get past, and Raquel... Throws an elbow you know knocking Jackie back and it's in slow motion and Raquel is reaching for the for the ribbon and they replay that same scene four times in slow motion yeah and each it's not the same shot it's not it is four different shots of Jackie being knocked over Raquel flipping her hair out of the way so everyone can see her grab the... And it was the craziest thing that it was different shots. So I
1: don't think they had enough cameras. <laughs> I, I, I think that that, yeah, that was sad. it. Like uh, Because I, I think th- there were a lot of continuity issues like that of uh, I think they had two cameras to work with. Right. And, uh, and in that case, you didn't have enough cameras to film... Four right, uh, four points of view of the same thing. Right, and four so, angles. So they're like, all right, do it again. And, and it
0: was crazy because it was done like we were watching the knockout in a Rocky movie. Like we were like, this
1: was you know the, the culmination. This was the money shot. It was for so
0: lovingly done and so not. And then she grabs. She wins. Casey wins. And skates around you can hear pug in the background very excited very excited for casey's win um and yeah and then skates around holding the ribbon up and then we get a beautiful freeze frame of raquel holding up the
2: the tape uh, for her victory lap you have to figure out what happened at the end yourself yeah
0: so what happened like she gets to stay.
2: So she was supposed to lose that final match. Right. Um, so and then that, moved to Chicago. Right. So if she lost, the storyline was that she would have to leave Portland forever and that the owner of the team would take her with him to Chicago where he was about to launch a brand new team that had some sort of television contract and deal. And there,
0: theoretically, she would Should get to live with her children.
2: With her children and with owner and so then, happily ever after. So why?
1: But she didn't do... trust him. Is that why? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it wasn't she... explicit. True.
0: I mean, True. he was a grosso. Right. He was a disgusting person. That. Yes. Who? who and bu- their kissing scenes were so oh, uncomfortable. Two gaping oh. open fish mouths colliding in yeah, midair. Yeah. She just was... disgusting. Do you think it, I don't.
2: Do you think uh, it was direction? Oh. Raquel, make sure you open your mouth in this scene. Maybe, I don't
0: know, maybe it was to be able to prevent him from I don't know. There's even
2: like gross mouth noises. Oh,
0: it was so upsetting. It was ugh, It was just terrible. But yeah, that seems weird at the very end that she gambles on throwing away because her, her situation wouldn't be any different in Chicago than it is in Portland. So like at the very worst, she would be in the same situation at the very best. She would have her children with her but she decides to gamble any chance of being with her children and win the thing at the end to stay, stay in, in Portland.
2: Portland.
0: Or maybe so she s- thinks she'll establish herself as the star and be able to move her kids out. So that's whatever.
2: the message of this movie is is uh, people love Portland so much they're willing to uh, throw away the good stuff in life to stay in Portland. <laughs> that's right. Who cares about your kids? Portland life is more important Portland than your Portland kids. Is
0: Living in Kenton. Is better than living with your kids. I think that's that was on the sign when we drove in. <laughs> Where family doesn't matter. <sighs> well, let's talk about some of the other locations here.
2: Yep, uh, we mentioned the Kenton Club. Yeah. Uh, where we, uh, we went and uh, checked it out tonight and it was very cool that it feels exactly the same in the Kenton Club today. It yeah. looks the same on the inside and the outside as it did uh, in the movie, except for the fact that now there are Kansas City Bomber posters on the wall, which I was very happy to yeah. see. That place, I, you know, it, it is amazing that place still exists. So yeah. I encourage everyone to watch this movie and then go check it out.
0: Yeah. And I think it, that place, the Kitten Club, has been open since like the 40s, I think. It's been there a long time. Yeah. A long time. Cool place. Uh, and the Expo Center is where they did a lot of the um, the skating and then a lot of the roller derby shots. I assume. Yeah. And there there we some,
2: had... Um, there was some uh, external shots at the Expo Center. Yeah. That's yeah. where that parking lot scene yeah. happened
0: with the two guys they in the parking lot. attempted to kidnap and rape. Yeah. <laughs> that we never heard or talked about again. Um, but then somebody on the Facebook page wrote in a little bit earlier, she remembers um, outside of Medford, there was a place called Rollerama that they did some, they must have did, done some pickup shots and yeah, stuff
2: Yeah, like I read that they filmed some roller derby shots in, in Fresno and Kansas City and Portland.
0: Why would you go all the way to Kansas City Like <laughs> Authenticity. to do an indoor roller derby sh- shoot? Because the people watching there the movie was, would be like... There was. This no, is in Kansas City. <laughs> that's where all the good extras were, we're in Kansas City. <laughs> um, but yeah, we there uh, the houseboats and Jansen Beach, I forget what that little area is called. Hayden Island. Hayden Island. Okay, yeah. So one of the roller derby girls, the pigtail girl, invites uh, Raquel's character to live with her and they live in a houseboat down down in that area at the hotel that used to <gasps> be... Easy. Uh, the hotel that was there was that. What kind? Of, what was the name of that hotel at the Jan- Jansen Beach? The Thunderbird Inn.
2: Thunderbird Inn. Okay. Yeah. Uh, any other places that you noticed? Thunderbird Inn, when it burnt down uh, in 2012, was the number one Multnomah County delinquent property tax uh, property. Wow. Yeah, they owed seven hundred thousand dollars in back taxes. And then mysteriously burned, burned to the down. ground. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> um, you know what I did not see in this movie, location wise, Oaks Park, Oaks Park, Oaks Park, and Park. with a roller I, rink movie. I know, like that. Wow, how could that not be?
0: Like, I guess. Hmm. Well, I guess I need a roller derby track, so yeah, they'd have to build track. one over it. But that is but pretty they could funny. They even have
2: like a fun scene where they just want to go skating. They for go fun. skating. I
0: it's feel a, like they were kind of lampoon, or not lampoon. They were they were stuck up in uh, North Portland. And I think they didn't really get much further south than that.
2: You know what it could be. I bet yeah, we went to Oaks Park not long ago for Mark's birthday party. Right. Mm-hmm. And it seemed that they, it, it was a little uh, awkward how family friendly they were pushing the image there. Like, I think they had signs about the rules there. Okay. And, and I'm wondering if they just didn't want to, you know, like the roller derby is like the, 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 the scary the dirty people. Side. Yeah, we, right. don't, we don't want to associate with scary. that. It was Oaks too Park. real. Too, yeah. gritty.
1: <laughs> too gritty Too
0: gritty 70s I
2: wondering if they Turned him down uh, I Other than
0: that Yeah I don't think There was a whole lot Of other This whole movie Just felt like It took place On it, the same set The yeah. whole time It wasn't and Like in a locker room It wasn't yep. a
2: Portland Love fest Like The no. Hunted or
0: <laughs> No but I mean They did name it by, by It's definitely Portland Yeah Which is interesting
2: With Kansas
0: City In the title Kansas yeah With Kansas City In the title And Bomber <laughs> Also in the title Inexplicably <laughs> Ah, well, would you recommend watching anything from this movie? Uh,
1: Mark's extras video. Mark's extras. Yeah, you can search
0: YouTube. (laughs) What should we search YouTube? What are you going to put that up as?
1: Uh, I I don't know. (laughs) Um,
2: We'll figure it out. Go to Portland of the Movies. We'll figure it out. Portland Uh, of the Movies dot com. If you're in a certain kind of mood, I would totally recommend this movie.
0: I think I think what we are I'm going to extrapolate what I said because we were watching that that clip that Mark and made over and over about the crowd reaction. And I said that it would make a perfect like art installation on the wall of like a super hip club oh where you're just playing it without audio. You're just playing this slow motion or fast or whatever. And it kind of feels like if you're at a party and you want something crazy on in the background <sighs> – um, I think that would make a, a pretty interesting watch because you don't need the sound, you can't follow anything anyway, and there's not no. really a story that you're following anyway.
1: Yeah. And so the slow mo version is five minutes long, and it's uh and you, you, know, you fun can to watch. read the lips of the crowd, <laughs> <laughs> yes, you
0: can, and this uh, the Italian sign language you can read as well. But yeah, maybe there's a clip with and you could on YouTube that you can watch uh, Raquel do some skating. Um,
2: it's an interesting Cause she looks good yeah it's an interesting movie in in like the the history of movies in portland it was the first major hollywood film uh filmed in all in portland oh wow really yeah okay and it it shows an interesting uh time capsule view of portland so, it, it, it was uh not the best movie we've watched on on uh this show yet but it was by far not the worst it was yeah it was not yep. the
0: worst. Well, awesome Thank you everyone else for joining us For another episode of Portland at the Movies You can hear us on the Fun Employment Radio Network Uh, Also a Willamette Week Best of Portland Uh, The Fun Employment Radio Show with Greg and Sarah Won for the second year in a row As well as the best podcast in Portland
1: Congratulations So we're
0: happy to be with them on their network And congratulations to them Brian, if people wanted to find out more about you
2: What can they do? Uh, check me out at unipiper.com and uh, Facebook and uh, all those fun social media things that I know you all do. You need a big
0: as seen on TV sticker. You just on. walk around, you get a t shirt with that. That would be pretty funny,
2: actually. Or I could just get a TV and walk around and <laughs> <chances> <laughs> yeah. turn it on. Chances are you'll see the Unipiper. <laughs>
0: uh, that's right. Uh, and you can hear Mark and me every week that, um, every other week, or I guess every uh, week not every week. They we're not. That Doing this. We do this once a month, the other three weeks of the month We do the Mark and Toddcast What is that about,
1: Mark? It's about uh, Portland and some science topic each week And so we, we talk about science news And uh, things going on in Portland And the Unipiper comes on And talks about current events in Portland And uh, yeah
0: He does, yes, so you can find that at markandtodcast.com There are 92 past episodes for you to catch up with um, Other than that I don't think I have, I was going to, Oh, I can,
1: whatever you play us out on. I'm just going to play the slow-mo crowd. And so, okay, now I'll play a little bit more in the slow-mo crowd.
0: I'll play a little bit more of the, uh, the, the Phil Oaks, Kansas city bomber song, because that was just so delightful. Thank you again for joining us. You can find out more at Portland at the and at facebook.com slash Portland at the movies. This is our eighth or ninth episode. I forget what, but we've done a bunch of movies and we have got a lot more coming up. So stay tuned. Uh, for that. Uh, Thank you for joining us. We will see you guys next time.